Hello world, it is us, we are back, it is Airgo Radio on WHPK 88.5 FM, I am Damon. And I'm Daniel, we're here every Thursday showcasing strong young voices from Chicago and beyond, writers, musicians, DJs, organizers, writers, I said already, uh, we have a lot of writers, I guess is what I'd say, here are people who are showcasing, we're showcasing folks who are reshaping the culture of our city and our world, we have a very special guest here in the studio today but before we get to that uh let's see if we have any community announcements you got anything you want to plug in uh ltab is happening louder than a bomb i'm hosting two bouts today so shout out to all the the youngins out here with the bars if uh you don't get enough of your fill of the two of us uh bsing with each other actually there's one bout today where you're hosting and i'm dj Ooh, the dynamic duo so we'll have <laughs> in some, the house we'll have some 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 They're banter for it oh no no the kids actually aren't gonna do poems <laughs> we're just gonna just go back and forth for an hour uh and then the other thing is i know uh you'll be hosting next week next edition of the come up for sure for sure the, shout out john doe and smino yeah i'm really at, excited at about the door that that's about to be smacking uh, also, shout out to our sponsor, The Lighthouse, 1373 East 53rd Street. I'm going to go get some uh, mango jerk salmon after this <laughs> on my soul. <laughs> and uh, just a quick like plug for them. The owners just opened their second spot, Mickey's Retro Grill, over, uh, I think it's East uh, Lake Park. I don't remember the actual address, but they just opened. They're open for business. It's like kind of a late night spot. They do burgers, fries, stuff like that. Go through, support. They take good care of us help them continue to thrive all right that's that's enough of all that uh so i'm excited today we have our first our first dj on the show right oh you except don't count for, me except for uh dj empathy and the, and the young curators I, have you do you approve of that <laughs> day or dkny dj dkny about we'll, that. We'll, all right we'll all right we're gonna we'll work we're gonna yeah, skip him no more daniel <laughs> We, I'm so excited to have DJ Shante in the house. Make hey. some noise. Hey. You're in it. Yeah. Yeah. We do our own sound effects. We oh. appreciate you <laughs> joining in on that. How are you feeling today? I'm good. I wish the like the world could see you guys right now because you guys are so dedicated that you're sharing one mic. Yeah. And yeah. Me have one yeah mic. We're cozy so, over here in the corner. <laughs> I like it. I'm excited. I feel like we're about to have fun. You are yeah. a great energy and a great spirit. So thank you so much for coming. How are you feeling today? How is the world treating you? How are you treating the world? I'm good. I'm good. I mean, going on a little sleep, but I feel like you get used to that after you have a two year old. So. True, like true. I'm good. You have a, a beautiful side. We, we Thank can you. Hopefully, get to some family life in a minute. So, just in case you're not familiar with DJ Shante, you get you hold down Mad River every Wednesday, right? Every Wednesday and Thursday. Every Wednesday and Thursday. Mm -hmm. Okay, how long you been doing that? It actually hasn't been that long. Um, I was doing Thursdays probably for about a few months now, and then just started doing Wednesdays where I'm kind of curating it with the girls that I work with in Cliche, and we bring in different people every week and do our photo booth and stuff. So you're over there. I know you're at East Room a bunch. Yeah. Uh, we've kind of gotten to know each other around uh, Chance and Malcolm's open mic. And yeah. The resident DJ there. Yeah. <laughs> um, and now also doing Louder Than a Bomb. So you're you're in all these spaces. You know, I, I just, I think, you know, we've talked to folks, like I said up top, who are doing all these different things, kind of reshaping the culture of the city. And uh, one of the things, and we've talked about this also on the show, is like a real appreciation for the role that a, a good party or like a good turn up plays in that as like a a celebration of things as opposed to just a reaction or like an anger like the beauty of what happens in a room where people are moved by music or feeling good or yeah. like can relax and take a step back from from a world that's on fire as we say yeah <laughs> <laughs> um and of course it depends like on the moment and the room and all that but um like when you're when you're whether it's curating or especially when you're DJing like, what are you hoping the feel in the room is? Honestly, when it when it comes to like doing parties or it's to me, it's always about just like dancing and having fun and enjoying the moment. Like, I, I I'm not a good, I've never been a very good opener DJ because I've never been good at playing like the slow music or the. It's always fun to like throw that in there real quick, but yeah, I just I don't know. I just think it's a good like you were saying a good distraction. So. Mm. Just to just to go crazy and just dance and have fun and play a lot of random stuff. I don't like to stick to one genre too. For sure. So we'll go we'll go like all the way back and do the full bio thing. But I want to like <laughs> uh, like we'll, we'll we'll get some gems of teenage Shantae. I'm very excited. Teenage Shantae. Yeah, oh god. There's, there's got to be stories. But uh, 
how did you get started DJing? Um, I started DJing about se seven years ago, and oh, and I learned off of. A, <laughs> sorry, I get distracted really <laughs> easily. Like I'll see something shiny, and it's yeah, nah, what was that? Cracking at the studio um, here today. We have yeah. an unbelievable cast of characters. <laughs> like, just. Bouncing a off bunch the walls. of oh weird stuff happening, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, I started seven years ago. I can't remember. I I remember when I moved to Chicago. I came for. I started going to Columbia for film directing, and then I was. I was also break dancing at the time, and so I was in that whole like scene of break dancers. Yeah, you couldn't see my face light up, but my face just lit up. I really. You were a break dancer. Yeah. I used to break dance. Uh, I've seen you hit the steps. The, what's it called? The like when you go the around six the step. Yeah, I seen you do the six what? step once. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I was trying to show somebody how yeah, to do Malcolm, it. Yeah, Malcolm, I think. I think oh Malcolm yeah, yeah, at um, yeah, he was Matt playing Hubert. around. And you you schooled him for sure. See, Chance Chance <laughs> always likes to throw me in the under the bus and make me uncomfortable when somebody tries to break dance. He's like, go show him, go show him how to do it. And I'm like, no, man. <laughs> you low key spin on your head for a minute, then get back behind the turntables. I yeah, like that. that's pretty good. Yeah. But I just remember that's when super I old school actually. When I when I started getting getting into it I was like learning about all the elements and I had started like I had started just I don't know I think I went through a phase where I, I've always kind of been like this where I got tired of or just like seeing guys do a bunch of stuff and I was like why are there no women doing it so I just kind of want to do it and try it and I don't know I just I go through a lot of phases where I want to try something and then either sometimes I get good at it and I stop doing it or sometimes I continue to do it and it just gets better and better but yeah, it's been on and off for, for the last seven years. But once I had the baby and got back into it, it's been on yeah. for so, like So the, the, the break scene is kind of how you transitioned in, in, into Kind of. It's, it's mostly how I like started meeting people. And then I got involved with this kind of weird South Side scene with uh, Ghetto Division. I don't know if you guys remember Ghetto Division or anything. But they had um, like signed on with Diplo very early on. Okay, and, and I remember I, I was really cool with them. And they were DJs. And then so I decided, like, I want to learn how to DJ. And I, st I started on vinyl, and I learned that way by ear. And that was hard as hell. Whoa, I don't know what I can say. Like, we're not supposed to curse, but we, we do it sometimes. <laughs> but, mouth. like, we're supposed to on air tell you not to do it. Okay. But if it happens. If it happens, hey. you can't do anything about it. <laughs> we'll do, like, a low-key high five if you do curse. <laughs> like, you're not supposed to, but we're kind of, like, yeah. down for it. Damon has, and we both we have, have a, beef with the FCC. We have a beef with the FCC. <laughs> That's one of our things <laughs> at this show. So we, we welcome that drama. I say the F word a lot. So okay, I was like, all right. <laughs> when, I, when I was on here, I even wrote it down. I was like, I'm really nervous because I curse a lot and, like, my son curses now by accident. Oh, that's cute. Where I said the F word the other day when I was pumping gas, and he was like, fuck. <laughs> oh, there we go. There oh, it is. Just like that. There we dang go. it. Dang but, it. You, but you were quoting a child, so that Yeah, no, it so it makes maybe. it okay. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm yeah, sorry, yeah. world. That was artistic. It was <laughs> a performance. You're also the first guest to bring their own notes, which I, I love. It's like my favorite thing in the world. <laughs> in a jail pin. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. <laughs> um... um but yeah, I guess I started on vinyl, and then when when I had first started, Serato was it was fairly new. I guess there weren't all the controllers like they are now, and mm -hmm. a lot of days now it's really easy for people to DJ or start DJing because of the controllers, and it's like a necessary evil because I think it's great that anybody can learn that way or that it's it makes things so, so much easier. But then it also kind of dilutes the the, the art a yeah. little bit, and people don't really consider DJs artists because right. most people when they DJ aren't DJing; they're just playing stuff. Right. So what what is the distinction then between it, just like having a playlist or just having music at a party and, and and where do you find the artistry in it? I think um even I wish I was crazier than than I than I am cuz I don't really practice or do much anymore but it it goes back to I guess like if you have two songs that you like that's the first thing. A lot of DJs will just think I like music or I I feel like my sense of music is great. I have and a so big then, iTunes. Yeah, they'll start DJing and then they'll play a bunch of stuff they want to hear, which may end up being stuff that other people want to hear too. But it goes back to just really feeling the crowd, seeing what your crowd likes and, and playing to them. And then also, um, I like open format because I don't like hearing the same genre all night. I don't like hearing mm -hmm. just trap music or just disco or just pop music. So I like to hop back and forth. But I also don't just do... A pop song and then go to a disco song like it has to make sense right. either i remember when i first started djing i would pick out a word that like something in the song i would pick out one word and then i would make sure the next song had that word in it oh, or something right. like right. and um 
And yeah, a lot of people nowadays, they'll just, they they rely on filters instead of being like, let me take out the bass, let me take out the low, let me take out the mid, let me take out the high, let me play, let me let me scratch, let me do some stuff. Like, um, And that doesn't make them a bad DJ. It's just that it's not DJing, I guess. And that, <laughs> yeah. and that got brought to my attention at my last event when someone else came up to me and said, it's like, those, those other DJs are great, but there is a difference between like you actually DJing and them just being a glorified iPod. But I don't mean to say anything like nasty because I think they're all, everybody's all great. <laughs> wow, so. that was such an amazing, like, uh, that was actually exactly what Kanye has been doing on Twitter all this week where he goes in on someone and then says, but it's all love. It's, like, <laughs> it's like, oh, your, your, your children hate you, your life is falling <laughs> you apart, but, but it's nothing but good vibrations. <laughs> Hopefully it wasn't as extreme no, as no, Kanye because no, 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 I was no. like, let me not say anything bogus, but I'm just trying to be real about it. Like, put it out there where it's like, you can DJ and it doesn't make you not a good DJ if you want to start DJing and you don't know what you're doing you just want to play the music that you like there's nothing wrong with that you'll get better you, you'll you do it or if you just want to do that as a hobby but a lot of people that are like that who don't really DJ will come in the game and be like I've been DJing a month give me money <laughs> let me do the the hot spot it's like those people that have been DJing for 10 years why don't you right. let them you know pay your dues a little bit and you might learn something yeah, awesome. yeah. You, we were talking about it a little bit before and you mentioned it uh, with your entry in the breaking of like cracking into these like very masculine dominant spaces right and so with DJing especially because a lot of it is like the club scene which is also a very has its own gender politics and dynamics that that are very problematic Um, how does it feel one being in that position of power because really the DJ controls the room Mm -hmm. but also having to deal um, with with, you know sexism to to be very forward about it I think it's so crazy because it's a, it's like polar opposites where it's one moment it's like, oh, that's a girl DJ. That's so cool. So even mm. if I'm messing up, people mm. think it's great because they're like, oh, it's a girl though. <laughs> yeah. But then it also goes to as soon as there's one mistake or any problem, they automatically are like glaring at you like, oh, you did something wrong. Like if the a, a speaker shorts out or something, they're like, what the DJ do? Right. Whereas like a man might not necessarily get that same experience. And then I was telling you, you guys, like when we were out there a little bit, how I'll show up to gigs and get called honey and babe and sweetie and and be like the like be asked, who are you looking for? When it's like, I'm not looking for anybody. Yeah. I showed up here because I'm working. Right. Like even with a ton of equipment in my hand, I'll still get asked that or just not just being treated like I don't know what I'm doing at all when yeah. I do. Yeah, I, and like I said, also when we were talking before, the uh, like it just is a gross industry, and it's as Damon said, like based on rape culture like that's the whole foundation of a club um yeah so one like why what is it about being in those rooms that makes it feel worth it because I, I as an like as a part like audience participant and this is just my own personal take yeah. like very rarely does it feel worth it for me to be there. <laughs> yeah. you know <laughs> like i know this is the cool thing but i'm like i don't the feel cool good thing. here yeah. you know yeah well, I'm I'm hoping with the stuff that the, like Cliche and I have been doing yeah. together, which is starting to do events that are more woman based or or thrown by women women that instead of just us showing up and supporting all these men that will be sexist or or right. treat us like crap. So I think with us doing the stuff that we're doing and kind of putting putting ourselves in these positions of power. It's starting to maybe feel less like that when you come to something. I don't know if the last yeah, couple stuff no, that you've gone sure. to, if it still felt like <laughs> yeah. this is perverted or weird. Because <laughs> no. I mean, we have like twerk videos playing on yeah. the wall, but it's all supposed to be like, nah, this is, we're controlling this. It's what we're controlling how we're being put out instead of some showing up at a party that's like, oh, um, uh, Woman Crush Wednesday, and we're going right. to have a bunch of hot girls standing around naked kind of right. kind of vibe. So what is We Are Cliche? It's come up a couple of times. Yeah. Just how did it come together? What? How do you all describe what you do? So it's it's kind of funny because it's, it's been like three months, and we're already doing so well, at least in our eyes, or how it feels. But it, it just came from like those couple of stories that I was telling you guys about showing up at stuff and being treated like I didn't know what I was doing, or even having, I have very close friends of mine that have directly said really hurtful things to me. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't have a brand. You don't know what you're talking about. And it's like, I don't have to be a successful rapper or singer to know what I'm talking about. And so it was like a combination of things coming together where I, I noticed 
all these women would go to Stefan's, with Stefan Ponce, his, they would go to his events and be at every single one. But as soon as I had anything, it was like, oh, you're sick or you can't do this. And it's just, I just felt like all these women were supporting these men for it not to be reciprocated at all. Mm. Where these men weren't necessarily coming to our stuff or when they were, they're trying to have sex with us or they're trying to like right. just put moves on us or make us uncomfortable and not really be our friends versus like, you know, Real like support. if we if we throw our own stuff or we're not like, hey, girls, come hang out with us because we want you to look hot and be cool. Like it's no, it's like just come support and hang right. and have a good time. Right. Um, so it kind of stemmed from that. And then we just got together. It was five of us. It's uh, Olivia Goodman, Sharnaj David, Sahar Habibi and Lauren Fern and then myself. And we got together because it was all women that I saw individually were doing really great things on their own. And where like we all wanted a platform to do more. And it, we just kind of weren't getting it. Like we were supporting, like I said, all our male counterparts that are doing great things, right. but then they're not showing us support. So I just kind of got to a point where I was like, I don't need your support. If you're not going to give it to me willingly, then I don't need it. I'm just up. gonna, I'm just gonna do my own crap. Like <laughs> I'm just gonna start. Which I've I've been throwing parties since I was like 17 or 18, but it just got to a point now where it's like I want it to have a meaning, and I want my son to be around people or in a world where he can recognize the power of us or that meaning, I guess, instead yeah. of just being around a bunch of dudes where music all the time is just talking about like, pop that thing. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I'm tired of hearing that. I'll yeah. play it in the club because it's fun, but I don't listen to that at home. I don't play that for my son. But it's just like a whole, that whole world of misogyny that I was Ooh, like, I'm wow. tired of. That's an interesting like tension. Like, does it ever get to a point of like conflict where like the song that is the most popular is oh, like yeah. something you're like, absolutely, do you, you ever just not play something that people probably would want to hear or would probably oh yeah definitely i don't play future nearly as much as people ask or want well that's fair because if you played it as much as people want you would play only future <laughs> yeah right oh. it's impossible <laughs> but no i can't stand a lot of what that kind of music talks about where it's fun to like it's fun to turn up to and even i will be like jump man jump man jump man yeah. but for the most part i'm like i hate everything you're saying but i guess in in a club situation i'm probably i'm really open-minded to playing everything there are some times where i try to play only <laughs> women's stuff but yeah. and that's fun but you know everybody wants to hear everything but if it were to come down to like like if i was one day doing a dj set for the radio show i would be like i'm not going to start off with a song that's like F these girls come <laughs> come to my house and suck on my thing. You know, yeah. I wouldn't play any music like that. Oh, that, that sounds like a that really hot like single. A you know what? I made that up. Come so. suck on my thing. Yeah. <laughs> that that hook goes. All right, we're gonna take a music break here. The the, the new latest smash, "Suck on My Thing," here on WHBK. <laughs> so what what I was thinking, uh, music wise, for the episode, in uh, what what I what I want to do is, you know, usually we play folks from here in Chicago. We're gonna do something a little different this week. I wanted to highlight a couple uh, artists who are women who are doing things in other parts of the country who I think like the aesthetic and the feel kind of lines up. Um, so the first one, uh, her name's Carrie Foe. She's from Little Rock. She lives out in Los Angeles right now. She's incredible. She's actually like a friend of a friend. Yeah, she's like her. The, the, yeah, she's the, doing like, my transitive showcase. homie. You know what I'm saying? She's doing your showcase at South by. Mm -hmm. We'll talk about that when we come back yeah. for sure. Um, so this is she, this came out I don't know last month. It's called Supplier. The video is hilarious and great. The song is really, really good. Supplier, Carrie Foe, here on Ergo, W-H-P-K. They be asking me questions about how I got so fly. I just do what I do, babe, I don't even try. I keep the block hot like the 4th of July. You know I got the swag of a thousand pallets for size. Look curious there, I see you give me the eye. You hit me with that text and you know I reply. I keep my shit on lock like a fucking twist top. You'll never get enough of me, I'll keep you on high. Cause you know I got that futuristic fire. You know I got that shit that takes you higher. Come see me, I'm your supplier. Giving you the vibes that you desire. You know I got that futuristic fire You know I got that shit that takes you higher Come see me, I'm your supplier Giving you the vibes that you desire I provide the vibes that you desire It's my love that you require You haven't met a chick like me prior You haven't met a chick that keeps you higher For you this love isn't hard to acquire You took one hit, now I got you inspired You get the best of me, you never had to inquire I think I'm here to stay, this love just Expire. Cause you know I got that futuristic fire You know I got that shit that takes you higher Come see me, I'm your supplier Giving you the vibes that you desire You know I got that futuristic fire You know I got that shit that takes you higher Come see me, I'm 
Supplier here on Ergo WHPK. We're here with Shantae. Um, so you said Carrie's doing your, uh, you guys are doing a showcase with Cliche down at South yeah. By. The, okay, the showcase I'm so happy to talk about because it's just kind of crazy how everything's come together because you just know something's meant to be when, when stuff really comes together easily. Not saying that, you know, everything that's meant to be is easy, but... But when we started Cliche, we did a couple things. Like, I already had Pussy Control going, and then when bringing, like, the Cliche girls to get involved, it just made it more of an experience and more mm-hmm. creative. And then I had, in October, hit up uh, my friend Tim, who works for Vans, which I met randomly because Stefan had DJed a Vans event. And so I met him there and and was working with him to bring him on to Open Mic. And they were wanting to sponsor Open Mic, which was awesome. Mm. Like they were like, "We'll give fifty thousand dollars." Like they oh, were man. really about it, and it didn't end up working out because I mean, whatever is going on now. But they can um, sponsor Ergo. We'll take the money. <laughs> <laughs> you want that? I'll hit them we'll up. Take, we'll take it. But um, yeah, they were just so happy to be a part we'll of Open Mic. Fifty. <laughs> I'll, I'll let them know. I'll get you fifty dollars. I promise. Um, but then, um, so I had hit him up in October, and I was like, "Man, I really want to do a South by Showcase where, with all women. I think that would be so cool to do that." And he's like, yeah, we'd be down. Let me talk to Van's girls. And then I didn't talk to them for months because, I don't know, we just... And then we decided to put the proposal together once cliche became a real thing. We started mm-hmm. throwing parties. We put the proposal together. And then I, I sent it to Van's. That was the first person that I sent it to was Tim. And he was like, asked me a couple questions, was really interested. And then the next day said, we're in. And oh, so cool. it was like, you know... The, the, I've never made a proposal before, so it was my first proposal. I've never attempted to throw a South yeah. by show, so it was like mini firsts for me and the girls. And then it kind of was just like, wait, that's it? Yeah, you, you're <laughs> you're in, and you're going to like you're going to supply a venue. It's at the House of Vans. Awesome. It's um, and they're giving you know giving us money to get artists, which is awesome because I a lot of people are pe- on the lineup are people that I personally know. So then it was like I'm able to give you money yeah. to do something yeah. and and um. It's it's just been like an experience. It's been crazy, and I've nonstop been saying like I legit have no idea what I'm doing, yeah. but it's just <laughs> working beautiful. out wonderfully. Well, yeah, I great. think I think it's really like a at least it has been for me. It's a moment, especially with this industry. But I think pretty much everyone across the board, you realize at some point, no one really knows what they're doing. Right? Like pretty much in everything, people are making it up as they go along, and that's not a bad thing. But you can kind of I don't know. I was talking with someone about this like imposter syndrome thing, where it's like. Every, a lot of people walk around with this feeling. They're like, oh, one day someone's going to come in and be like, oh, you're not supposed to be here. And you go, oh, okay, I guess I'm not. Like, I'm, I don't actually know what I'm doing. I'm kind of faking it. And like a lot of people bring that to what they do. But in reality, it's just like you make it up as you go and you figure it out. And things either fall into place or they don't. Yeah, it's very real. Yeah, that's, a, that's a dope story because it's, it's interesting because like all of this things that, that like when they get to the flyer look very like polished and very like. Like, how does that happen? But it's really just about relationships and the fact that you just knew how to communicate yeah. to the right people. And, and so um, we were kind of talking off air a little bit about having, you know, inside relationships. And how does it feel like as a DJ, not only having those type of connections to be able to put an event together, yeah. uh, but then also having close relationships with people who are actually making the, this music and being able to be around and a part or observe that process. Yeah. Um, it's very inspiring First of all, to to be around so many people that are doing such great things, and then you know that that motivates me to do more because, like I've said before, I don't want to be known for just knowing those people. Right. So, in that sense, it it definitely moves me to be like, yeah, I'm gonna do this, but it's completely separate from these people. Um, but it also is cool to know those people and and be able to, you know, sometimes it does help get gigs like. Like to be like, oh, she's really close to these people, so if she DJs it, they're gonna show they're up and they're gonna come, which is true. Yeah. And so in that sense, it's a good and a bad because you don't want to only get gigs for that; you want to be good at something. Right. So I don't, it, I don't know. It's just a whole hodgepodge of stuff. And then it gets gendered also because like there are ways I, I could imagine where that thought process of like, well, we can like it's people are more 
dudes in positions of power, especially in the music industry, are far more comfortable using someone to get something if it's a woman. Very true. Um, so, yeah, it's like, am I being used because I'm a DJ that can get this? Or, like, would they treat, you know, it, all of a sudden, I could imagine, I'm just projecting a whole lot. No, I no, like, I like it. I could, <laughs> could imagine you, I could imagine you having to then be asking yourself these questions of, like, why is this person even hitting me up in the first yeah. place? Um, yeah, no, that sounds uh, like you just kind of, I, I can understand the impulse to be like, yeah. we're just going to make our own yeah. thing. We're going to not be relying on these relationships. We're yeah. going to take what we can take, but try to build our own thing there. It's, I've noticed, too, like, because sometimes I'll sit back and be like, wait, how how is all this stuff happening so easily? How is it that I have all these, like, when somebody's like, hey, can we get this? And I'll be like, yeah, let me hit up this person. And then it so, so quickly happens or falls into place. I constantly question, like, why is that happening? But then I think it just comes... Um, maybe it's because of who I'm associated with slightly mm -hmm. and, you know, I'm a woman or whatever, but I think it's also comes from being genuine too. Like yeah. if people, if people aren't looking at you like, yeah, I don't want to help her out because all she, she's a social climber or she's this, yeah. like, so I think it definitely you're comes a from. a nice person. Yeah, your spirit is <laughs> yeah. great. Yeah. Well, thanks guys. <laughs> we're just I'm gonna, all right. We're going like, to compliment you for the 32 minutes. Oh, please keep going, yeah, please. No, I need it. Having a rough week, okay? <laughs> no, um, I, think, I think that's real though because like, you know, a lot, especially in this, like, I mean, everywhere in the world and in America, but there's something specific about the Chicago scene that, like, you know, you get a lot of insincerity, right? And, like, you mm -hmm. can meet people and then you can see them again and they act like you, they don't they know don't you, They don't know right? you, yeah. And so, like, to say hi and then have a hug and then the next time, you know, it's, hey, how you doing? Instead of, like, oh, yeah, I think I remember you. I feel like that helps in, in just building relationships, right? Because that's kind of what you're articulating mm -hmm. that a lot of you know, the things you're building are about is about like having community and building relationships. Mm. So kudos. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. And I, th I think about all those relationships and the fact that, uh, you know, you, you traced it back to a point where you moved here to do film stuff at Columbia yeah. and not being someone who, you know, a lot of these folks have known each other for 10 years at this point, mm -hmm. 12 years, went to middle school together or whatever. Yeah, uh, for you, like, where were the entry points into this, uh, into this community? Like, where were the moments where you're like, oh, I feel on the inside? Yeah, it's so, yeah, that is such a good question. Because now I've lived here almost 10 years. Yeah. It'll be 10 years in June. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I think, like, I'm just kind of an idiot and crazy and weird. <laughs> and, and, um, and people respond to that well, I guess, <laughs> like when it comes to being friends, because everybody wants to be around somebody that like they can be themselves around, I guess, mm -hmm. instead of like always on, on point because they're a business person. I don't know right. what I'm saying. Or, the time. or like but, their personal brand is the most important. Like they're yeah. like doing this is this fits my Instagram thing. And yeah, like I'm hanging out with this person because it's a good look. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's it's really funny how things just kind of happen. And then all of a sudden it feels like it's just this huge community and family. But um Ah, man, I don't even know. It's just like scene hopping. I remember from from DJing or from, from breakdancing, I just met a couple people from like that scene, I guess. And the, the first people were like Mano and Nigel. Mm -hmm. And then that kind of moved into that whole, I don't know if you guys remember Rehab, which was like every Monday. It was a party every Monday in Wicker. But it was like I this. I remember here, but I think I was too young. Yeah, it was like a hipster that. scene. Yeah. I mean, I was pretty young too. Like <laughs> I had a fake and stuff. So hey. it was like this weird hipster scene. But then that scene like, I just, I don't know, you just meet a bunch of people and then when you are when you stay connected with those people in a genuine way, like you keep those friendships and then it kind of like everything just kind of evolved into this scene now, which is so cool of all these really conscious, beautiful people that I learned so much from versus like the earlier scenes where it was like, we're trying to stun on each other all the time. Right. But yeah, it, I don't know. Did anybody specifically, I could tell stories like yeah, well, of like who I, how I became friends with them, or yeah, I mean, if there is any particular, we're we're always happy to mine for stories. If there are like particular <laughs> moments that stayed out, it's like, oh, this is when, like, I became whether it's I became cool with this person or just like, yeah. oh, I was in this room where I was like, I cannot believe I'm in this room right now. I mean, we'll go off what you've mentioned already instead of digging. You've mentioned Stefan a lot, right? Oh yeah. So, so how did that relationship build? That's funny because that's what I was going to start with. Because yeah. I was like, maybe that's like the catalyst. We didn't um, want to like ploy <laughs> since you threw it out there. <laughs> um, so I, I had already started DJing and it was already in that that whole like true to crew scene where everybody was like, that was like the beginning of people 
really popping off or mm-hmm. exploding to me where mm-hmm. a couple people were just getting really successful. Um, and Stefan, I had known him but didn't really know him. And I remember he was DJing at this store called Black Market Caviar. And I came and he was DJing and I was like, can I DJ? And he said, yes. And that was the first time we ever met. Oh, that's and, so and, um, and yeah, You just put a hand on one ter- table, he put one on the other. And our hands together. <laughs> you cross-faded together. Um, but it was just really funny. And I remember, this is such a terrible thing to say, but I remember going up to my friend and I just had like an instant connection to Stefan because he's just so funny. But I remember going up to my friend and being like, I think I could date that guy. Like he's he's kind of <laughs> cool. And my friend was like, "Nah." <laughs> and it kind of just spread from there. We started hanging out and just being friends and then um I had always had a boyfriend when we were hanging out and then all of a sudden one time we just hung out and I didn't have a boyfriend Ooh. anymore. And it was wow. like he went for the kill. He went for the kiss. And I was like, hey, all right. He finally caught like a window. <laughs> that there. little window. Yeah, that little window. And then I like went crazy and became obsessed with him. And like oh, all we did was hang out all the time and like watch Saturday Night Live and TV shows and be weird. Yeah, you know, like industry stuff. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know. Um, but yeah, we, we jokingly had started a, a DJ group called Buck Fuddies. And, um, and we didn't we didn't ever actually DJ together but like I had gotten us a gig once and he missed it and then after that I was like ah screw this guy we're not actually gonna DJ together and of course you know his intentions were much different than what mine were at first but yeah it kind of just like we just hung out at the time, started dating, and then accidentally had a kid together, and look where we're at. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, you've mentioned your, your beautiful son a little bit. Tell, yeah. tell, tell the world about, about your baby and how he's doing and, and where he's at. He's he's a little sick right now. My friend Char is watching him, but he's two and a half years old now. What's his, his name? His name is Manhattan Tesla Ponce. Aww, that's a beautiful name. And everyone always thinks, they're like, oh, was he conceived in New York? Like, <laughs> no, he's named after, it seems sounds so was he silly. conceived in a Tesla? <laughs> in a de- <laughs> so he's named that's after. That's some industry stuff right there. <laughs> <laughs> he's named after Dr. Manhattan. I don't know oh. If you like follow the Watchmen at all. That like, is my favorite really? superhero. He's the coldest. Like, nobody is raw. <laughs> the doctor, he's like a god. Like, he went in like, See, okay, that's that's the story. All right, he would have so, created like his own planet. We were trying to think of names, and Stefan and I really wanted a girl, so we had like this name, like Nirvana Egypt. We had all these like really weird names, really and we cool never once, names. yeah, right, like <laughs> we're celebrities. No. <laughs> um, but no, we had all these cool girl names. Never thought of a boy name once, and and Stefan, he's like, if I ever had a boy, I want to name him God, like G A H D, and I was like, Stefan, I will never name my son <laughs> God. That's awesome. Good, good call. Yeah, I was like, no, that's no, that that's some head up your ass type stuff. Like, yeah, yeah, right. I was gonna say that, but I'm like, I'm not trying to diss anybody because you never know if we'll get back to them nowadays. Like, I I don't, I don't think Kanye would denounce that that was that would be a Kanye. I had a guy. I am a guy. I had a guy. (laughs) But um. We keep track of, of Daniel's good jokes. Like, that was we a good have a job. log. I think we just crossed onto the second hand. Like we've now gotten to number like, six, and we've been doing this show for eight months. So that's decent. Okay. <laughs> Yay! It's a good one. You should write it down for real. You should start writing. Oh, those what down. do you think? Some of my notes here. <laughs> just say this joke again. Um, I had it again. <laughs> yeah, but so he said he wanted to name him God, and he actually came up with Manhattan. So it was um, one one day he had said. I said, we're not naming him God. And he's like, well, we should name him after Dr. Manhattan because he's like God. And oh, man. So, so funny that you just said that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's what, and then the I picked the middle name because after Nikola Tesla, the inventor. Yeah. Um, and it's so funny that everybody always mentions the cars. And I'm like, no. But, but Nikola Tesla's the coldest. He's yeah. so cool. He's very do you, underrated. Do your reading on him, listeners, because he like, <laughs> listeners. <he laughs> He just invented like the like the coolest stuff. He his like business stuff was crazy. He was also uh, like an immigrant to America doing all this stuff, and politi- it's, he's an interesting like political he, figure and all that. He yeah. wanted everything to be free for people too, mm. and that wasn't in the best interest of people trying to make money. So yeah. yeah, so that was one of the coolest things. Like his inventions were way crazier than his peers at the time, but. Because he wanted everything to be free, he was broke and like died sad and broke. Yeah, but yeah. he's amazing. He is amazing. We before we go to another song break, we uh, 
we talked a little bit about Daniel's jokes, but I feel like we've had a very like serious, like mature conversation. And that is exciting for me because that's kind of like <laughs> up our alley. We get kind of <laughs> deep here. But you are like one of the funniest people on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> and so like, I just want to talk about. And in real life. And in real life. But like, <laughs> I, mean... <laughs> well, I just want to talk about like humor is almost like a part of your brand. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and where does where did that come from? Did you ever like, you ever see yourself like doing like internet shorts or, or anything like yeah. that or, or, or branding that further? So in middle school, I had actually seen The Matrix and then The Matrix is what <laughs> made me decide that I wanted to make movies okay. because I had like, I grew up and I was like, I want to be a vet. I want to be a cartoonist. I want to be, I want to go travel. I want to go to the moon. Like I had all these goals I wanted mm-hmm. to do in like sixth grade. <laughs> and I told myself, I was like, how can I combine all of those into one thing? And I was like, I'll make movies. Mm. And then I'm also controlling. So how can I, do- I'll direct movies. Yeah. So... I decided in seventh grade that I wanted to direct movies, so I started getting, like, editing software every year. And it kind of, like, it's just funny that when you return to all these things that you did as a kid, then you notice, like, you're really good at them for a reason, like, because you're meant to do them. But, yeah, the, like, comedy stuff, I... Do we have to? Okay. I, um... I started, when I came here, started going to Columbia for directing and and then wasn't able to go my second year because of how expensive it was. So mm-hmm. then I started like just branching off and taking classes at Acting Studio and, and Second City and I did the improv program. And it was like, that was always one of my major goals because I was like, I want to be on Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. So I started doing Second City and just kind of progressing that way and then took a break from everything and started DJing because I like, like to switch things a lot. Yeah. And... And yeah, and then I've actually started, I'm starting going to Second City again to get back into things. But the video started, um, I used to do that as a kid. I used to make my own videos and then edit them. But this was before like YouTube or anything. So I kind of just had them for fun. (laughs) And then anytime I had school projects, I would make videos instead of whatever we were supposed to do. I don't know. <laughs> and they would always have, like, a hint of humor. Skip your poster board. <laughs> I'm just picturing people putting, like, their papers in a pile. And then you then just I put, put a cassette. A big cassette tape. <laughs> like an eight-track um, reel. <laughs> but some of them I wish I could find because I was actually on a sketch comedy show in high school that was um, that was on the local – what's the local TV called? Like the like, the free like, TV, uh, cable, access. cable access, cable access, yeah. yeah. Like so, it was actually on the local like show there, and I wish I could. One of these days, it would probably come out, and it would be so embarrassing. <laughs> but cool. um, it was like a a sketch like SNL style show, and then I did like all the improv school stuff and like theater and all that fun crap, and it just kind of. I, I remember when I was living with Aaron, Aaron Allen Kane, um, she loved doing videos and stuff too. So then we decided like let's start this thing called Mixed Girls and like do our own videos. And that's where it kind of snowballed from there. And then she got too busy because now she's like a famous singer. She had, you to, know? Go, she had to go like make Aaron, music. Oh my God. Uh, screw you and Prince, whatever. Uh, um, but losers. Yeah. <laughs> right? Losers. Why not do a startup with me? Um, but Prince could be in the video. He could be a right? pose. Oh my goodness. He's funny. But uh, he's one of the stories about him are the funniest things on the planet. I wish I could share them. But um I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. But he, yeah. But so then we just started making the videos. He, he would shut us down. He would instantly be like, "You're dead." The whole building would just like disappear shut in off. a cloud of smoke, and we'd just be like, it would be like Roadrunner, where the coyote goes off the cliff and, and then they fall. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we just started. I'm like, let me just get back into the story. Yes, appreciate it. Thank you. But yeah, um, we just started making videos, and then I just like kept doing it on my own, and the response was really fun. Like it was always really good, and it just got to the point where. I was like, I'm just on trying to be myself all the time instead of trying to filter myself for people yeah. because I, I can say things that make people really uncomfortable. And I'm very vulgar and I don't care. So, yeah, that's just my sense of humor. I know when to shut it off slightly, mm. but not always. Um, yeah, so it yeah. just it's just snowballed in that and making the videos. And now it's like it's kind of hard to keep up with them constantly, but I still love doing them. And, and people love coming to me and being like, hey, can we do this together? And I think that's what really cool. Yeah. When other people come with their ideas and I'm like, yeah, let's do that. So, so you, you you mentioned all of those, the million things that you wanted to do when you were 14 <laughs> years old. And I've been thinking a lot about like how you, people like come up with a plan when they, they're like, this is what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to do it. Four years, like I'm going to be, or maybe not everyone. I think folks you know, you mentioned like wanting the control there. And I think I'm the same way mm-hmm. some ways. And all of a sudden, of course, those plans don't go the way that you anticipated. So like what was, let's say like when you're getting ready to move here, 
like what was the plan and yeah. like how have you learned to adapt with that yeah i don't think i ever really had a plan i think it kind of just was going with it at the time knew that i wanted to do that but had no real plan i didn't apply to any other colleges mm -hmm. i didn't really take the school tests that you're supposed to take to get into stuff i was like i'm gonna go to columbia and then i went and even after my counselor was like no you're not you're not going and yeah i went and i think that pushes me a lot too when people try to tell me i can't do something and then even with trying to do my own like auditioning for stuff or acting or, or making stuff it, the biggest motivation to start making stuff was i got tattoos i'm sometimes racially ambiguous i'm all these different things that people try to box you in because when you, when it comes to acting as a woman especially if you're a black woman or you come off as black they only they're either looking for someone where everyone can tell that they're black or everyone can't tell what they are. <laughs> yeah. And in that case, either way, it's hard when you have tattoos or you have like a weird style or weird because I used to have weird colored hair all the time. Mm -hmm. So that was my biggest motivation to start making stuff was if I make my own stuff, then nobody can tell me what to do. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I'd say that's for anybody. If you are sick and tired of people trying to box you in, then just make your own stuff. Like, just do your own thing. That's super powerful, man. That was like some gems for the people um so so real quick uh i always like to like learn about process and speak to the those who are aspiring right so if somebody uh is interested in djing and they don't want to just be a glorified ipod what would you suggest <laughs> like the first steps to be in terms of like building that artistry and learning the craft and what you would consider to be the proper way learn on vinyl I think that's Ooh. the best way. Like, because if even if you are a glorified iPod when you DJ and somebody's like, how'd you start DJing? You're like, oh, I started two months ago on my computer using Tractor. Then that's not as respectable if somebody's like, yeah, I learned on vinyl. So I could actually DJ without any of this, but I choose to because it's convenient and it's <laughs> awesome. Um, so I'd say, yeah, that learn on vinyl, learn, learn how to actually DJ instead of just pressing buttons. Um, look up videos, look up DJ AM, like, one of the craziest DJs of all time. Like, um, yeah, download mixes and listen to them. I don't know, and and read your crowd, because obviously you want to be that DJ where you get hired for specifically what you do. But it's also good to be able to read your crowd and play a bar mitzvah, and then be able to play a trap club. You know, same, same. It's the same mix, uh, same playlist. And when uh, I both. Get, if I, if I want to get booked for both of those, it's the same one. <laughs> Having a gill in the club goes crazy. Um, yeah, maybe not. I feel like you play a I, lot I of Britney Spears. I have some learning to do. <laughs> he gets real red and walks away. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta go. No, let's. Uh, we'll, we'll catch our breath real quick. Here's another. Um, it's actually two artists. They're incredible. They they live in New York. One's from Detroit. One's from Atlanta. Um, Charlie and Margot or Chargo, they both play like violin and viola and sing and compose and are incredible. Um, this is off the project that they just put out called Broke and Baroque. It came out last year. It's called Lullaby. You're listening to Ergo WHPK.
That was that was Shargo. Is that the yeah, name of that? Shargo. That joint was decent. So cargo. Yeah, it does. This is Ergo Radio. <laughs> hey, Ergo. Playing the, the the rhyming game. So we got a few minutes left with uh, DJ Shante. I want to. Where is home? We've talked a lot about you moving here to Chicago. I am homeless. You. <laughs> Just kidding. Um. So Where I'm. Fr- I was born in Peoria. Oh, okay. Peoria. <laughs> yeah, what? true. Right? Represent, right? You feel me? Represent for pizza. <laughs> Everyone listening is like, yeah, <laughs> Oh, we're big in Peoria. We get calls. <laughs> the- <laughs> big in Peoria. It's like 40 people listening. Um, and that's, our, that's our second biggest market. I believe it. After Aurora. Aurora, <laughs> oh, shit, Peoria, damn. then Hyde Park. <laughs> <laughs> Doing big things, guys. Doing big things. Um, so from Peoria, and then I actually majority- Grew up in Dunlap. Nobody knows where Dunlap no, is, so it's no, like I try to explain. But it's our sixth big, biggest market. <laughs> it market might be number one, low key. Like <laughs> town of nine hundred people. Like I, I lived across the street from a cornfield. Everybody drove to school, even though the school was right like a block away. <laughs> we had to ride your tractor to school day. Oh, like, that's super super crazy cornfield farmer area. Yeah. What were the yeah. uh, when you're like fifteen? What were the cool kids in Dunlap doing? Wearing those uh those Nikes that have the little what are they called? They have the they look like springs on the, the shocks. Nike shocks. shocks. Oh, yes, man. Th- that was the cool thing. Like I, Jordans were not a thing <laughs> yeah. in in Peoria and Dunlap. Like I had no idea what Jordans were until I moved to Chicago. Kind of <laughs> a lot of like North Face zip ups. Yeah, well that. I don't even know about that's, North Face. That's I think too it was, branded, like, man. We're Abercrombie talking... and Fitch. Oh yeah, that was know? gonna be my next thing. That the Hollister look. Hollister and Abercrombie <laughs> and Fitch. Hollister, I feel like they're trying to kill you when you walk in there. Like it's like <laughs> they're gassing you <laughs> yeah. with with perfume. Like. Are you kidding me? Yeah. How do you get it that strong? Yeah. Do they have like incense? Oh, it's in the vents. It's got to be in oh, the vents. Yeah. There's no way that they're not pumping that in. Yeah. Something's wrong with them. Yeah. <laughs> For real. Uh, so in Dunlap, like, where are you finding the cool stuff? Like, I don't know. I think about. Oh, I wasn't cool at all. You weren't? No, not at all. I was like super religious growing up Mm. and went to Bible camp until I was 16. Damn, we need another hour. This is amazing. (laughs) And I wore, I remember I had a shirt that was like, friends don't let friends go to hell. And I wore it to school and I was like, I was super like trying to convert people in high school type thing. I was very like alone. I didn't drink, do drugs, not date people, nothing like that. So I'm very different. (laughs) How did that that change? What, What broke that? Um... Man, it sucks to say something like this, but losing a lot of weight because I remember I was like a very chubby kid, mm. and and then losing a lot of weight, um, just maybe get more comfortable in my own skin. Like I just look a lot different than I did then. <laughs> like it's weird. <laughs> you go see older pictures, and then probably but, like the way society treated you. Yeah, you know, or that, and like yeah. like just feeling because I was definitely like a weirdo. Like I like movies and music and a lot of stuff, and I not saying that none of those people did, but it was definitely a different different i don't know how, how and to you explain were, it and you were showing it then also at 16 like there's a lot of yeah. i think it, there are a lot of people who are weirdos who ideally later get to show it but they're maybe not ready to show it at 16 or yeah. they feel like they got it yeah i used to make my own leg warmers off of old sweaters i would like cut off the sleeves off of old sweaters and make That's them into leg cool, warmers though. i was like we you should bring that to... back like, <laughs> right <laughs> you, know, you gotta expand your brand you're too you're, you're like too multi-dimensional man you gotta get the leg there's money in leg warmers you know what your, your leg warmer big cartel going <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny like talking about the multi-dimensional is that was one of the reasons why cliche was so beautiful to me because i've always struggled with um being boxed into doing one thing because a lot of times when you want to be an artist they're like well you're just this like i thought you were an actor no, I'm a DJ too, or I I want to do stand up, or want to do improv, like or do all these things. Like it's not just one thing, and that's why cliche was the platform for all of us to be able to do mm. all the things that we want to do instead of just being like we're confined to like one thing. And so that's why I'm really excited about it too with yeah. that. Sorry to, to no, no, that was perfect. We wanted to like round it right back into. <laughs> but I, I do want to ask real quick, and I know we don't have a lot of time. But so right. you said you grew up religious, uh-huh. uh, and I'm assuming that was from your family too. Like, or were you picking that up from them? Or uh, yeah, it was like yeah. well, because my mom was a single mother of three, so it was I. It was just basically just me and her because my older brother was like, no, f God. And I like rap music. And then growing up, I hated rap music. So it's so funny. Like I'm the yeah, polar yeah, opposite yeah. of when I was a kid. 
Uh, um, and now, now you're a part of the Wu-Tang Clan. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm black, man. I did not understand what that meant growing up. Mm. I, I'm learning that a lot that like, you know, I grew up on the south side of Chicago, so there was no way to not understand, not, not be engaged yeah. in blackness. Uh, but, but I'm learning more and more as I'm getting yeah. older that that's like something that people come to later in life. Mm. What, what was that moment that like... It, honestly, like I didn't have b- black friends growing up. Um, the couple that I did have, like we were all whitewashed. Like we were all those same kind of people. So it's like we didn't really understand how bad it was when they would call us the N-word. Like we knew it was wrong, but mm. we didn't know that like how bad it really was. And that goes back to like schools teaching those things too. Like right. Because I didn't have classes teaching me black history. Mm-hmm. I didn't have that at all. So I didn't know black history until more recently. And even now I'm still learning. And then now just being around all these people that are black and that grew up in that culture their whole lives and that are educated black people that care to like teach other people about stuff. So it's made a huge difference in my life because I used to be one of those people that was like, if black people want to change it, they need to do it themselves. Right, and it's right. like, there's so much more to it than that. <laughs> I, yeah. Trust, tr- yeah. trust me, and I, we know. <laughs> I recently figured that out, and it's been many times where I've just wept at how sad it really yeah, makes me yeah, that the world is the way it is. How do you think about that with Manhattan? Like, what are the oh, things yeah. when you think about what you want to make sure he carries with him as he becomes like a like a real person? Yeah, <laughs> Especially it's... since he's going to experience a lot of that like racial ambiguity. Amb- and big yeah, 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 yeah. You know what you, they're not gonna it. know what he is. is what um, <laughs> yeah, because he's he's Mexican, black, white, and Native American. So he's very he's the future. Like he's <laughs> absolutely the future. Yeah. But what's great is about having all these people in his lives, like in his life. Um, like Aaron is his godmother. Chance is his godfather. So like, and obviously those things happen before they reach the success that right, they are right, now. Right. So it's just even cooler. Yeah, but um, they they are very much so like his second mom and his second dad. And and so he's good. He's That's good. Sorry. And I think that I'm still learning and I'm trying to instill these things in him. But, you know, something Chance told me the other day, he asked me like, do you celebrate Black History Month? And I was like, I don't know, even know how I feel about Black History Month because I feel like some people are anti it because we don't need a month to celebrate our history. Yeah. It should be all the time. It's very complicated. But, um, but he was like, no, you should celebrate it and you should like put pictures up around the house and be like, this is this person and this is that. And I was like, that's such a beautiful idea. And I need people like that yeah. to tell me those <laughs> things. Because growing up, like my mom, she's a, a great human being, a great mother, but she didn't know anything about black culture. She right. listens. She still only listens to music from the 80s. Like <laughs> She's just like that. So every, everything I've had to learn myself and and I'm definitely trying to push that for him, trying to make sure he understands the the value in art and mm. and and being culturally conscious and aware instead of just being a body walking down the street. Mm. That's, so. that's, that's beautiful. Um, so we're gonna take a violent shift from Black, <laughs> from Black History Month yeah, uh, yeah. to our favorite game, and we're just gonna put <laughs> oh, you no. on the spot here. We're well, oh, not our God. favorite game, our second favorite game. Um, so it's, it's simple, beef with the R&B singer. Oh my you gotta God. pick any R&B singer from any era. So it could be from Motown to, to the joint that just came out yesterday. We just hold R and B accountable here. They have been running amok for far too long. So you have we every week we start beef with R and B singer. Who you got and why? Beef with him. Oh my goodness. And it can be out of love too. Yeah. What? Now you guys just added so many things to it. No, see, I, I hate when he says that. No. You said it last time. No. Um yeah. <laughs> okay, the, the first thing that popped in my head was R. Kelly. All right, that that he is a, a fan favorite of this of this segment. Two weeks I'm in a so, row. I'm it. so sorry. Don't be sorry. It, no, go in. I started this segment with R. Kelly. Really? He is the patron saint of beef with R&B singer. He deserves it. I just think because it's like it's it's so conflicting. You want to love him so much because you love all his music and it's so there's so many classics that he's worked on to like Michael Jackson stuff and then just his personal life stuff. So it comes down to like when do you separate the two? Like, so here, yeah. Well, I don't think you can when his songs are about rape culture and his songs are about his relationship with women and yeah, if his true. actual relationships with women are is abusive Inappropriate. Yeah. And, and you know assault and violent yeah. you know yeah. yeah I think we can hold him accountable for that okay just a we're about to get out of here but a quick like uh, anecdote and this affects you because you probably got it in an email yesterday so we're for, oh, louder, for louder than a bomb <laughs> uh, we were sitting in staff meeting it's like a two hour very long staff meeting yesterday and at one point someone's like I just I have to raise this as something that we, we need to do can we in the interest of safe space can we please just tell the DJs 
No R. Kelly. <laughs> did somebody play R. Kelly? Did I play R. Kelly? I don't think you played R. Kelly. I think Someone played just, R. Kelly. It's just a good rule to have. So now there is an official no R. Kelly rule for DJs. I don't know if I'm speaking out of school, but I think, yeah, if you're if you're looking for R. Kelly, don't come to Ladder Than a Bomb. You should come to Ladder Than a Bomb, but don't <laughs> but expect don't look, R. Kelly. Don't look for R. Kelly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah, like, yeah you that's really the last place we want him yeah, to yeah, be. Yeah. So, all right. That's not how we have <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if I played the game right, guys. I'm no, sorry. you played the game perfectly. You played the game perfectly. So... <laughs> we got we wish we had so Why? much time. <laughs> My god. <laughs> we wish we had so much more time cuz you are so much fun. But we got to get out of here. Uh but before we go Tell the world where they can find you. Okay. Yeah. So all my social media handles are the same. It's at Sean Tater. So C-H-A-N-T-A-T-O-R. What's the tater? What's um, the, the ater part? It comes from a story from breakdancing when um, I went to this battle in Minnesota. And I had only battled like two times in my life. My friend signed me up without my permission and signed me up as Sean Tater the Hater. And so from then on, I just kept that name. And I was like, I might as well leave it now. There's no point in changing it. But it's funny when people try to pronounce it. They're like, Shantator. <laughs> like, it's not that fancy, okay, guys? Um, but that, and then, you know, wearecliche.org, and then we're cliche on all our social media. And, like, that is something, it's it's still very much in the beginning, but it's I feel like by next year it's not going to be, be as little as it's it is now. Any events coming up? Well, yeah, we have our South By Showcase, which is the 16th of March, but all that info's on our website. And uh, we have... I don't know if I can say it. Pussy control. You said it. Uh, okay. So keep it going. It's a cat. Um, <laughs> we have that on March 31st. Um, and then every Wednesday and Thursday, Mad River. Word, so word. if you're trying to get your drink on, I got bottles. Hey, it's popping. <laughs> you know, at my house. <laughs> <laughs> Love. So, house. Thank you so much. I had a great time. Are you, are you, you got some time? We're going to go get lunch. You trying yeah, to get I lunch? got a little bit of time now word. that I don't got the kid here. Where? All right. Well, that thank you for us. Yeah. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you I for being here. I love you. <laughs> They love you back. All the people of Peoria, shout outs to you. What up, P-Town? What's up? Don't love. Also, real quick, your drop game when you DJ is fantastic. <laughs> That's it's Chance saying good. it. And no one knows that. He says, Same. there's a snake in my boot. That's Chance saying it? Yeah. Yes. Wow. It's pretty. It's oh, pretty wait, wait, wait. Hold on. What do you got? Woody. He's wearing, he's wearing a wig. This just got weird. Time is a flat circle. We got to get out of here. <laughs> All right, y'all. Much love. It's getting awkward. They be asking me questions about how I got so fly. I just do what I do, babe, I don't even try. I keep the block hot like the 4th of July.